some artists really want to finish up their artwork. We'll leave the tables out, guys. You can always come back later. <laughs> so our speaker this morning, I'm very pleased to say, is Chaz Foster. Most of us know Chaz. He's been part of Cedar Ridge for about 16 years. Um, Chaz is an arts resource teacher at Springbrook High School and is very much an artist in his own right, as many of us have seen his art and enjoyed his art over the years. So I'm very pleased to welcome. Let's give him a warm welcome. Thank you, Chaz, for coming up today. Thanks. Uh, good morning, everybody. Ah, I am really happy to be here and be a part of this series on uh, how we can experience God in and through the arts. Um, as an artist, I, I make a lot of different things. As an art teacher, I think a lot about creativity and um, how I can help foster that in others. Um, and I, as, a, as a high school teacher, I have to be pretty good in a lot of different things. Um, but what I, I do myself, um, mostly how I think of myself is as an artist who works with collage, right? Which is this French word uh, that means gluing pieces of paper together. Something everybody uh, can do. Um, but I like to think of, of collage and of my art more generally as finding things that already exist and then putting them together in new and interesting ways. Uh, so hopefully very briefly, um, uh, the, the little squares up there on the right are um, collages that I've made. One of the last things that I actually completed because I don't have a lot of time to, to complete work. Um, and they're, um, they're each a square that's six inches by six inches, and they're made of 10 smaller pieces of paper, right? Because I have so much paper just laying around our house. Um, and, and one reason why I started this series is I thought, you know, I'm going to actually use some of this paper and use it up. But of course, what ended up happening is I took the papers and cut them into smaller pieces, glued some of them on, and then all of the rest of the small pieces I'm still hanging on to because you never know. Um, they will come in handy. Um, so, so a lot of that stuff, uh, well, on the, I should say, uh, on the left here, that's a quilt that my grandma made. Uh, it's a small, it's like a, a baby sized quilt. Um, and this pattern is, is a log cabin pattern, right? So the idea is each square is divided diagonally into a, a light half and a dark half or a, a half where the colors are more intense and a half where the colors are more neutral. And then depending on how you put them together, they can make all kinds of different interesting patterns. Um, so uh, on mine, like I said, there's stuff I've been holding on to for literally for decades. Um, one of the, the things in there is a Montgomery Ward catalog from the 80s. And I have no idea how that's still with me. I mean, um, but there's also a, a bunch of stuff that I just pick up in my neighborhood, in the woods, um, by my house where I make a lot of my art. Um, and this whole thing, it's going to get glued on to this community bulletin board, which I've kind of adopted. It's um, part of the Matthew Henson 
Trail. Goes all the way from Aspen Hill, Maryland to the North Pole. Um, and, and so there's this community bulletin board in the middle uh, that's never used for anything. So a um, few years ago, I kind of took it over as, as a place to make art and, and help present art. I painted it with blackboard paint and left chalk there for other people to write on it. Uh, I made a, um, a big spangly glittery Christmas tree air freshener on it at one point because I picked up like a billion Christmas tree air fresheners. Um, even, even on the trail, which is weird because cars don't drive on the trail, but they, they migrate somehow. So, um, so that's a little bit about, about my art. Um, and all of that is to say, I think, um, this is something of a disclaimer that, uh, I do think about art a lot, but my definition of art is, is a very broad one, right? And, um, it includes things that pretty much anyone could do. Uh, and part of my art is actually getting other people and I'm not sure why, uh, but trying to get other people to, to contribute and make the art, make the art together. Um, but I know. Uh, that a lot of us have a very different view of what it takes to be an artist. Um, you know, especially as a teacher, I hear a lot of things like, oh, I don't have a creative bone in my body. I can't even draw a stick figure. Or, um, my, my students usually put it another way. They say, I hate art. <laughs> I'm not good at it. I'm only here because I need the credit. Uh, and um and I, I get that, I do. I think that um the problem a lot of times is that we equate, we've been taught to create to equate creativity and skill. Right? What happened is um sometime when we were young, we had an idea about something we wanted to make, right? Or even we we just we saw something and we wanted to copy it. And our hands wouldn't do what our eyes and our brain tried to tell them to do, right? Or especially if we were trying to paint or make something beautiful out of a lump of mud, the material is just really hard to control. It doesn't do what you want it to do. And because the result doesn't match the idea, we think we're not any good. We're, we're not an artist. We're going to give up and do something else. Um, we have this expectation that a good artist has the skill and the control to achieve their plan and make their idea into a reality, right? Uh, which brings us to the artist on the next slide. Not Michelangelo, but um, that old bearded, oh, can you go back one? That old bearded white guy. Uh, God, uh, and this is this is God as as imagined by old bearded white guys um, had this idea right and reached down and made it an actual reality right God uh, our creator is is the ultimate artist and um, unfortunately this is where our our conception of of God as an artist hits a snag. And it was, I, I love that it was in the song. Um, 
if creation still obeys you, so will I, right? Um, if God is the ultimate artist, then God's creation must have turned out exactly as they planned it. Because, I mean, they got to be good. But our reality just doesn't match up with that expectation. Our reality is far from perfect. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> wow. I've been having a hard time lately <laughs> just uh, just dealing with stuff, you know? I didn't realize I was about to get choked up here. But, um, you know, everywhere we look, there's injustice. And sorrow and tragedy. This is very weird. Okay. Uh, you know. Um, all too often, reality seems flawed and ugly. And why would the best artist ever make something that is so disappointing sometimes? Um, I don't have the answer. I know we've all wrestled with this, continue to wrestle with this, I'm sure. Um, uh, but thankfully I'm not a pastor. I'm just an artist. So I don't have to give you the answer. Um, but as we try to make some sense of things, we always bring our own experiences and points of view to our understanding of God, right? Which is why, as I said, um, old white men with beards, probably, um, painted God to look like this, an amazingly fit old white man. I got to say. Um, so uh, for me, my conception of what an artist does, does, I think, really help me to understand and come to terms with this question of, is God in control of their creation? Um, so I've, I've got three brief examples for you of different approaches to making art. The first is this next guy, Bob Ross another bearded white guy. Um, Bob Ross always had a plan, right? Even if something went wrong as he was painting, he assured us that not a mistake, it's just a happy accident. And by the end of the, the half-hour TV show, everything would be smoothed out. The result would be peaceful and beautiful. We've got some, some of his results right here. Um, and they would all end up looking calm and relaxed. And they don't have any people in them. Um, I actually, I, I, I did a little research and, and I don't think Bob Ross ever painted people on his TV show. He had, sometimes he would have guest artists come in and paint portraits. Um, but, uh, the problem is that Sorrow and evil in our world are not happy accidents, right? There's, uh, and so if, if God is concerned with just the product and they're going to smooth everything out, you know, we get, we get told that, right? God must have a different plan and we don't know what it is yet, but we will understand it all by and by. Um, but if, if God was concerned with just this, beautiful but empty product, they could have just declared it done after seven days and hung it on a wall and not used a material, us, that's so hard to control. 
Um, so looking at these paintings, I have to think that Bob Ross, the artist, could have been, could not have been satisfied, you know, with painting the same pretty controlled, lifeless landscape over and over again. This, I don't know how many years this man did this and how many of those paintings he painted, but it had to have become just kind of, I mean, he was always upbeat. And, and he definitely, I'm sure, got some joy in the process. But it couldn't have been that satisfying for him to keep doing the same thing over and over again, knowing that he would get the result that he wanted, but that each one would be kind of empty and lifeless by the end. All right, so the next artist is... uh Rafik Anadol, so a Turkish American um, based in LA. I don't think he has a beard, but um, this is this is a clip of one of his works of art at the Museum of Modern Art, and it only goes on for a minute. So let's just watch it for a second. All right, so, so what this is, um, as you can see from the, the staircases there, this is a, about a two-story tall projection onto a blank wall at the Museum of Modern Art. It's called Unsupervised, and um, it's generated by an AI that was just fed with um, all of MoMA's, Museum of Modern Art's collection of artworks. Uh, we're fed into this uh, artificial intelligence and an algorithm was created that just remixes them infinitely. So um, even though it looks kind of like psychedelic milk, um, now and then you can see things kind of, kind of appear and then they fade back in and it's just all the other works in the Museum of Modern Art infinitely getting mixed around. Um, and so this, I feel like this kind of matches another idea we have about God as creator, right? That um, the artist has a plan and they set it up, they make some rules, they put it in motion, and then they just step back. And the process becomes the product. The artist no longer really has anything to do with it. They just watch it happen. Sorry about that. Um, And and we feel like that, like maybe that's the explanation for why this has gone wrong, because even though God created it all, uh, they're no longer involved. Um, so I've seen this in person um, a couple times. And um, some parts are really gorgeous. 
And some parts are a little like kind of creepy. I mean, it's not like I've seen the whole thing because I don't think it ever repeats. It just keeps going. Um, but the things that I've seen and some are just kind of boring. And, and, um, what's interesting to me, like overall, it just, it's like a giant lava lamp, you know, or some, or wallpaper that happens to move. Um, and, um, and the parts that you find on YouTube are always the best parts. You don't, you don't, like I, I, um, on purpose picked like kind of a weird in between part. Some, sometimes it's not liquid like this. It's like lines and things like that. But, um, I think it's interesting that the YouTubers had to start making choices. Even when the artist wouldn't make a choice, you know, they decided, Oh, this part is worth saving that part. Not so much. Um, the whole thing becomes, I feel ultimately unsatisfying without an artist's continued involvement. Um, because when everything could be art, then really nothing is art. I mean, someone has to start choosing and using some of the elements in order to, to, to make it work, I think. So our final example is an artist who doesn't need an introduction. Um, let's just watch the clip. Ah, uh, um, that coyote, it's got some phenomenal skills, right? The, um, the, the tunnel was so well done, um, that it fooled the roadrunner who just ran right through it. Um, the, the perspective was right. Everything was right. And they even like, they only dipped the, the paintbrush into the can once. And just did the did the whole thing, um, and of course the coyote had to try and follow, but um, the poor coyote can't see beyond the rules that he knows are set in place, right? So he smashes into what he already knows to be true. The roadrunner, though, the roadrunner has the imagination, the artistic vision, to create a new kind of reality. Right? Sees these elements, but doesn't let what's already true stop them from creating something new. Um, all right. So I figured I had to include a Bible verse. Uh, so, so that reminds me the, the roadrunners, um, childlike innocence and imagination reminds me of Luke 18. Verse 17, uh, where Jesus says, truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. Um, children are all great artists. 
you know, especially like the, the smallest kids, they don't even know it's art. It's just what they do. And, and, you know, they're not worried about, they haven't been convinced yet what art is or isn't, or that this thing that they've drawn isn't what they think it is. Um, and, uh, and I kind of think that's, that's the roadrunner. The roadrunner is not bothered by, uh, what they already know. Um, they're, they're just gonna, gonna make stuff, make new stuff happen. Um, coyote, on the other hand, reminds me of Peter. Peter is like the coyote of the Bible, right? He, he sees Jesus out on the water. So he steps out of the boat and starts walking on the water. But then he realizes, wait, I can't actually do this. And he starts to sink. The knowledge of, of what he knows the world is like gets in the way of him making that creative leap. Um, all right, so, so where does all this leave us? I have no idea, by the way, how I'm doing on time. <laughs> but, okay, I need to... Do I need to stretch it out? Okay. Um, uh, what kind of artist is God, our creator? And what kind of artists are we called to be? Right In the face of the world's many, many flaws, um, I read this, this great quote from uh, the author and essayist Toni Morrison and Nobel laureate Toni Morrison. Um, she wrote, uh, and it wasn't, you know, this was in 2015, but it's even more relevant, or at least is relevant today. This is precisely the time when artists go to work. This is how civilizations heal. I know the world is bruised and bleeding, and though it is important not to ignore its pain, it is also critical to refuse to succumb to its malevolence. Like failure... Chaos contains information that can lead to knowledge, even wisdom, like art. Ah. So, God the artist, I think, is not afraid of the chaos. Uh, To paraphrase, chaos, like art, contains information that can lead to knowledge, even wisdom. Um. I don't think chaos is the ultimate goal. I mean, chaos is stressful and unfulfilling. Um, and I don't think chaos is the raw material because I think we are the raw material, right? With all its stubborn and frustrating and intriguing qualities. Um, God has, for some reason, chosen us as this raw material, even though they know that it's not always going to go according to plan. Um, You know, each element in this collage has qualities that that, uh, we as artists can either choose to work with or try to deny those qualities, try to make them fit into some preconceived plan we have. Um, but God, the artist, keeps showing up to do the work. Not as a control freak. And not as an algorithm 
that has nothing invested. Uh, but as an interested and creative collaborator with their materials. And I think that chaos is, is a necessary, but definitely not always happy part of the process. Um, because as an artist, I've learned that, um, my original goals for a work of art and what I actually end up with rarely match up. And when they do match up, it hasn't, those aren't my favorites. My favorites are the ones where I've been surprised by what's happened during the process. Our chaotic and uncertain and creative process a lot of times tends to surprise us by revealing something that surpasses our original and mundane notions of what it is we were working toward. Um, and and uh, hopefully that's the way it is with, with God, the artist, as well. So, thanks. Hmm. All right, so um, one, of the, one of the great acts of creative reimagination that um, God invites us to do is when, when Jesus uh, ate with his disciples and said, every time you do this simple mundane act of eating bread and drinking wine, which I think they did a lot of back then. Um, when you do that, what it actually becomes is you communing with me, and I will always be with you when you do that. So uh, this is the time when um, we can take communion together uh, here in the middle or on the, on the sides. Um, there's a lot of other creative things contemplative things that we can do during this time. Um, if you're new to Cedar Ridge on the first page of the flyer, uh, we lay all those out for you. Um, the band's going to play and uh, we can take communion together. Mm -hmm.